Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Tuesday. Macatrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, great selection of new and pre-owned inventory. And whether you buy a brand new car or a used car, you have a sales staff that is there for you to make sure you make the right purchase. And then you have a service department that is there for your vehicle with the diagnostics, the inspections, all the routine maintenance. They have many awesome technicians ready to serve you, but SMC now needs more due to the busy business that a 107-year-old dealership has earned. They're looking for entry-level and experienced technicians to work in their quick lane, car light truck service, heavy truck service, body frame and alignment, and towing departments. Whether you are an experienced technician, an entry-level technician looking for your first job, or you're just looking for a career change, they'd love to hear from you. Stop by in person, apply online at sunburymotors.com, or call Todd at 286-7746. All of that is all part of the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Another loaded show coming up today. Scott Fransky, the radio voice of the Phillies, at 3.35 today, live from Petco Park in San Diego, as he gets set for the call on the Phillies radio network, which you'll hear over on Eagle 107 tonight. 7.25 pregame, 8.03 first pitch. Phillies and Padres, game one of the NLCS. We'll talk to Scott coming up at 3.35. It'll be good to have him back on with us. We've got Neil Coolong today. On the Steelers' surprising win against Tampa Bay on Sunday. Latest on the quarterback situation for the Steelers heading into Sunday night's game against Miami. Where it's kind of interesting. It's kind of been how the season's gone for the NFL where you have the two starting quarterbacks coming out of concussion protocol. With Tua Tungavailoa, of course, and now with Kenny Pickett. But the Steelers, Mike Tomlin said today, Pickett will practice while still in concussion protocol. And if he's cleared to play, he'll play on Sunday night. So there you have it. And to me, I know there's some things out there about Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, yeah, he played well. He did his job coming in there. But if Kenny Pickett is healthy, you play Kenny Pickett. First of all, enough said. Second of all, now that the move has been made, you can't start going back and forth. You can't just do that to your future. If you're gonna If you're going to make that move, which he did in the Jets game, you stick with him. He's your first-round pick. That's just my view on that, briefly. 
And then we have Mike DeCourcy from Sporting News with the latest on Penn State and college football across the board, expansion. We've talked to him about that numerous times since all this has started, so we'll get into that with him as well today. So we got a lot to get through today. And we'll see if we get some time. As we get time throughout the show, we'll play cuts, of course, as we normally do every Tuesday from James Franklin's press conference. And there was a lot of stuff to unpack from that today. Asked about the quarterback situation, Clifford's health, calls for Drew Rowler, talking about size in terms of his defensive line, asked to kind of expand upon what he talked about post-game last week, the tunnel situation, wide out, this text about that he got from Mike Kosicki about how Penn State bounced back from a loss against Michigan to beat Minnesota the next week in 2016. Of course, we all know what happened from there. They won a Big Ten title. That was all. That was a lot to unpack today. I want to start with the quarterback situation. And the media asked the right questions. I would have asked these things too. I think Corey Geiger's question about calling fans calling for Drew Rowler was perfectly executed to James Franklin. James Franklin had the right answer, in my opinion. Because if you watch that game Saturday, Penn State did not lose that game because of the quarterback. If you're still believing that lazy narrative, I don't know what to tell you anymore. I really don't. Because even when Penn State was in the game in the first half, it was blatantly obvious. And... Mark Wolkenrich even pointed this out to Steve yesterday with a very key stat on first down. Penn State was blown off the ball, both sides of the ball on the line. The number one takeaway is if Penn State is going to compete with the big boys of college football, Michigan, Ohio State, everybody in the SEC, the top teams in the SEC, I should say, like in Alabama, for example, they need to get bigger, faster, stronger up front both sides of the ball period I don't care who they have at quarterback I don't care what they have what the running back rotation looks like week in and week out what they have in the skill positions if Penn State doesn't get bigger faster stronger up front they will not be able to compete with the big boys of college football it's that simple and you saw it in the Michigan game we all thought including Steve said himself yesterday everyone inside Penn State thought didn't see that coming what happened on Saturday now that that's happened, and then, of course, you had Mark Wogenrich tell us yesterday, Penn State fully game-planned for this to, be, to make sure that they, they knew that they had to win on first down a lot to slow down the run game and put them in second and third and long. And yet, o- over half their total yardage came on first down, which tells you all you need to know. I thought that was a brilliant stat from Mark Wogenrich yesterday. That tells you all you need to know of where Penn State stands personnel-wise, talent-wise, matchup-wise with these types of teams in college football. They cannot compete up front. So the quarterback has zero to do with what's happening right now. And once again, I'll bring up the fact of what Sean Clifford has done in key games this year. You look at what he did in the Auburn game, where he bounced back from that huge hit he took on the first series what he's done in situational football this year. You go back to what happened in week one against Purdue. He was, it was just brilliant. That's what you get with Sean Clifford. You get a guy, sure he'll have, he'll, he'll have his moments with bad throws, a la 
later in the Purdue game. I get that. You don't want to see that happen, especially being a 60-year guy. But these things are going to happen. But the fact is, he, he's always been able to bounce back from those mistakes and gives Penn State the best chance to win right now. I like Drew Aller a lot. He's got a lot of talent. He's got a, he's got a lot of good poise for a freshman. I don't think he looked particularly good last week, but that was a tough situation to be in. So I, I don't think he can really take a whole lot away from the end of the game last week. And certainly we'll find out more about him if, if he does get a chance to start this week if Sean Clifford can't go. Given the environment we're going to see Saturday night with the whiteout. But this is Sean Clifford's team right now. And James Franklin is 100% correct that he has earned his right to play. And if you can get Drew Aller time, good. Get him in there. Penn State knows he's the future. But not for this season. Unless there's something up with Sean Clifford or the season gets away. You're a basket case already. (laughs) Oh, I'm more of a basket case about about what's going on with Penn State right now that I am with the Yankees. I will be a basket case in less than an hour from now. Why are you a basket case about Penn State? It's... I'm just... I, I know you don't care about these things, but I'm just I'm just frustrated that we're still talking about the... I feel like there's a quarterback controversy because we want to create one when there is none, and that's not the main problem why Penn State can't compete right now with the big boys in college football. That's my frustration. And kind of breaking down James Franklin's press conference today. Don't think too much. Exactly. You don't have to tell me that. You tell you have to tell the fans that. Okay. I, I can do that right now if you want. Yeah. Or you or do you or do you want to take a break? Because I know we've got to pay your salary. <laughs> we could do that in a little bit. All right. So, let's get to this. Okay. One of the worst things you can do in business, any business, I don't care whether you're a football coach or you're the CEO at Weiss or you're running Geisinger, okay? All right? The worst thing you can do is panic. The worst decisions are made when you panic. It's as simple as that. And I've talked about this is not something I've, I've never talked about before. I've talked about this many times. The worst decisions are made out of panic. So as the world around you is going crazy... The ability of those in a leadership spot to keep their wits, keep their head, understand their vision, right? It's not as if they, you know, every single Sunday they go out, so let's just take now, let's get back to football, and they go through corrections. Every Sunday, regardless of a win or a loss, and they did the same thing Sunday. Now, are there things to correct? Of course there are things to correct. Everybody knows. And it was, you know, you, you watch the game, obviously there had to be corrections. 
and adjustments made for this week. But you don't panic about what's going on. You don't panic about what's happening. You do that, and now you've taken a potential problem and you've compounded it. And that's what it comes down to. You look at what you have, what you did right, and there were things they did right. And also, obviously, what you didn't do right. You know, where were you, for example, on gap integrity? Where were you on um, uh, you know, or or this is one that I think is really important really important when it comes to the players in the game. Sometimes somebody is struggling in a game. All right? And you try to make up for the other guy instead of, quote, doing, quote, your job. And then in turn, it gets you out of position. And that you know, and that's part of and the, the player. I know the the defensive players sat down in as a full team meeting and went through all of this, which was important. I think James was a part of that meeting, if I recall correctly. And that's how you go about your business. You stay calm, cool, collected. You don't sit there and go, "All right, you got to do this." Just it's all right. And by the way, when it comes to what the fans say about what's going on, the fans are absolutely entitled to their opinion. They pay good money to see Penn State play. They pay cable bills. They pay tickets. They pay parking. They pay. They make Nittany Lion Club donations. And again, as I've said over and over again, you know, if your fan base is mad, at least they care. And that's really important. Right, So their ability to express themselves on this show, which they've done, their ability to express themselves on a message board, their ability to express themselves on Instagram or to express themselves on Twitter, you're entitled to your opinion. Okay, Absolutely entitled to your opinion. And the only time that I feel that... uh, I would draw a line on that opinion, is that what is different today is the ability to express oneself directly to the individual because of Twitter and because of Instagram, and especially Twitter, probably more so than Instagram. It used to be that you'd write the letter. I'm going to write a letter to the coach. I'm going to write a letter to the player. You remember Sam Ficken getting his hate mail back in 2013 when he had that tough day at Virginia. Okay. But now, of course, or, or emails. So you got emails, obviously, too. But with Twitter and Instagram, bang, you know, you know the players' accounts. You know, you could send stuff to the coaches. The coaches are adults. They're going to look at it and go, yeah, that's great. That's it's fabulous. I'm, I'm, I need to get back to working game plan for Minnesota. Players a little different. They're 18 to 23 years of age. That's where it crosses the line to me. And that includes, like, you're the greatest of all time and things like that. And, you know, it's, you know 
they have to then have the ability to also kind of say thank you and kind of push that aside. But the criticism or what you think about somebody or, you know, you're hurting the program, whatever, you know, they have the ability today to do that direct to the player. That, to me, is crossing the line. Expressing yourself on a message board, calling a talk show, putting it on your own personal account, okay, it's fine. Going directly to to the player, eh, not that. And when you're in a leadership position, this is the way James is. James James doesn't panic. Right? Yeah, does that mean he's happy? Everything's okay. You know, he's not standing there telling everybody he's okay. He's not doing that. Looking around, everybody say, look, we're going to get some stuff done this week. We're going to get in the right spots. We're going to we're going to make some tweaks here and there. It's not it's not something where they need major surgery to fix it, but there's certainly some elements they're going to have to be without question better at. But you don't run an organization through panic. If you're panicking as a leader, you're sinking the ship. Simple and it's very simple. It's very and I've talked about this. How many times have you heard me give the panic speech? And as and and, and not and not when I'm talking about games. Sometimes I'm talking about organizations in the NFL or or baseball. You know, they made this move, that move, whatever. I'm talking about like personnel wise. They when expansion people, first started too. Right? Yeah, they panicked. Yeah, expansion. Everybody. Oh, everybody. the alliance. <laughs> you got you got to do the the alliance. I, I was talking about the alliance. I said the alliance was a, was a massive panic move. Like, what are you doing? You're the Big Ten. Don't panic. Know who you are. Sit back and go, yeah, we're fine. Don't worry about it. We're the Big Ten. Right? Then, of course, USC and UCLA are added. The alliance dies. And then you get everybody in the face of the earth. And they're going to have Washington and Oregon and Stanford and Cal. It's like, I'm sitting there like going, no, they're not. At least not this round. Nope. Don't think so. <laughs> it's like, I can tell you in the organization who pushed for it, and I think who panicked about it. But I'm not. I'm talking about at the Big Ten, but I'm not going to get into it that this time. Okay, take a break. We have to pay Matt's salary. But by the way, have you seen what he's driving lately? Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. By the way, I have to speak to a statewide business group on Tuesday, Tuesday morning. Guess what the first part of the speech is about? It's about how to manage a, a communication in a crisis. There you go. Don't panic. Guy never panics. He's just fabulous at what he does. One of the best in the business. He gets now to call the next step, the National League Championship Series. That is Scott Fransky. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for your time today, especially on game day. Happy to do it. How are you guys doing? All right. Doing great. Doing great. And great to see the Phillies where they are right now. I have to ask you, what was in the moment, what was the right Reese Hoskin? I was sitting in Ann Arbor getting ready to do the Penn State-Michigan game on Friday, so I'm watching with a group of people when he spiked the bat. What was that moment like for you? 
it went by quick obviously um yeah uh it was pretty uh i mean it's pretty cool uh, you know i i know i like a lot of phillies fans um you know felt good for reese in that moment obviously felt good for the team and just what it meant for the game but felt really good for reese to see him have have that moment and have that kind of success that was pretty cool in a long season there are moments where you're rolling along there are moments where you're not why are they rolling along now when it counts uh it's a it's a really good question i mean it could just be dumb luck right um I, you know, I obviously um, Harper's been swinging the bat better. I think it makes such a difference in the lineup. I, I, I think, you know, I keep going back to something that Rob Thompson had been telling me for you know about a month, um, and he he was a pretty firm believer in the idea that um, if his team got into the playoffs, that they would play pretty well. And and he said that because he he felt like, you know, um, the the real hump to get over was just getting in. Um, and that would relieve a lot of the tension. And he feels like this is a team that's got a lot of talent, and when they play tension-free, they're the best version of themselves. And uh, I think he had a, an inkling all along that they were going to play pretty well. It didn't mean they were going to win, but, mm-hmm. but he had a pretty good idea that they were going to play well once they got to October, um, if they could only get in, which obviously it wasn't the most impressive march to the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, but they, but they did get in, and uh, now we're seeing seeing um, a team that's relaxed and 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 healthy and and you know kind of lined up how they want it. Which goes to the next part. You said how they're lined up. That means Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola in a short series. What does a one-two punch like that mean at the start? Well, I mean, it can mean everything. But I know the Padres feel the same way about their yeah, one. You, you know, and, the, yeah, and their one two three. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, you know, Darvish is really, really good, and Darvish um, has a lot of experience. And not to say that Zach Wheeler doesn't, but um, you know, this is a, a for me, this is a big game. You know, I know it's game one, and there's a long way to go potentially in the series, but uh, for me, it's a big game because you know the Phillies are obviously designed with you know those two guys taking the ball in two of the four, you know, four of the six games. Uh, to start the series, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I, I really feel like um, you know. Um, I mean, I don't get me wrong; anything can happen tonight. But I'll take my chances with a guy like Zach mm-hmm. Wheeler because he's he's just so good. I mean, the four seamer up in the zone. What has that meant to what we see in Zach Wheeler right now? Well, I mean, I think it's uh, it's certainly one of his weapons. I mean, uh, you know, to me, he's a guy that um, that when his fastball has that extra life, which it has, um, you know, since he came back off the injured list, I think it's made a difference. And it might just be, you know, uh, a, you know, a mile, mile and a half more, uh, but on a consistent basis, it makes a difference and it sets everything up. You know, I mean, we're seeing sliders from him. That are closing in on you know ninety three ninety four um, at times, so I, I I do think it's you know for Zach it's it's the complete arsenal. You know, we saw him against Atlanta; he's basically going fastball slider, and then mm-hmm. he needs he needs a big pitch, and he comes up with his curveball, right? right? And he's he's the kind of you know Halliday esque kind of guy that can sit on a certain pitch and keep it in his back pocket and break it out later. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the ninth inning in the first game, 
against my old friend Ollie Marmel. <laughs> Ollie and I go back ten years. Uh, you know, here are the Phillies going along in that game, and for the most part, have been terrific offensively since that top of the ninth. What did that do? Almost to go back to what you said, relieve the stress when they did that. You know, uh, I talked about this with somebody else yesterday. I really feel like the biggest at bat in that entire inning was Harper's walk. Yes. Uh, I mean, JT getting the blue base hit, obviously that starts it. But then you have your reigning MVP come to the plate, representing the tying run. And I think the the focus then becomes, oh, well, Harper's got a chance to tie the game, right? We pay Harper to hit the big home run, okay? But I've always thought that Harper is at his best if he is trusting the guys around him to do what they need to do. And I thought that was a big moment of trust, that he didn't expand. He stayed in the zone. He only, you know, he was only going to swing at strikes. And he drew the walk. And that he was willing to pass the baton in that moment. And I think, uh, to me, that's symbolic of what they've been able to do this postseason. And, and again, you know, Gene ends up later in the inning coming up with a hit that puts him in front. And everybody talks about, you know, the, the big base hit by Gene, and rightfully so, but I feel like that walk sort of signified um, that the moment wasn't too big, that they were still composed, they weren't feeling the pressure necessarily, and they were just going to, you know, have good at-bats and pass the baton. Um, and I thought it was big. That tells me that, look, I'm going to do my job, and by the way, I'm not getting a great pitch to hit here. I took a walk because I trust that you're going to do your job. Right. And I think that that mean that means a lot. Yeah, and I think it means a lot when it's coming from that guy. Right? Yes. Because no doubt. everybody expects him to be the man. And uh you know, I said this to someone uh, a month ago. I said he is such a good baseball player. He's better than almost every baseball player every time there's a game played that he's involved in, right? He's always one of the top 1, 2, 3 best players on the field. And that means that he can just be a guy uh, and still be better than the average bear. Uh, and and I feel like if he's just a guy, he will end up being the man. And I think we're seeing those numbers right now. Yep, we're seeing those numbers. And I know, obviously, statistically not the greatest series against Atlanta for Kyle Schwarber, but Schwarber's had big World Series hits. He had big hits for the Red Sox last year. What does his presence mean in the clubhouse and his presence mean in a series like this? Well, I mean, his presence has been felt all season, there's no doubt. And and part of the, that presence is really amplified when things are going poorly because I think he's a guy that has sort of helped them understand that look, we move on. We move on to the next game. And as long as we're still alive and still playing, we you know, we have a next game that matters more than this one that we just lost because we can't do anything about the one we just lost. It's over. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think that in that sense, his presence um, has been felt all season long. I mean, I think he's been a calming influence on younger players, I think he's been a, an inclusive player in the, in the clubhouse. He's, he's made sure that everyone feels 
a part of everything. And, um, you know, that goes a long way, especially for a young player to feel comfortable and to feel like they're welcome and to feel like they're a part of it. Um, and, and Kyle has a lot to do with that. Your thoughts on bullpen usage, how they perform, and how Robbie's used them? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's been too many surprises. I think he's going to continue to ride Jose Alvarado. Yep. You know, we're going to see we're going to see Alvarado a lot against Soto Machado that stretch of the, mm-hmm. of, of the lineup from the Padres, um, and, and I think um, it will be interesting to see you know if the game if the series goes six if the series goes seven and you get to a situation where you're playing five days in a row and how how much you can ride that bullpen you know what i mean it's going to be it's going to be a chess match for managers who want you know maybe you're down a run right but you want to keep the game close so you have a chance to come back and win it well do you use your top guy do you use alvarado um and then he might not be available you know two days later uh, when you have a one run lead so i I, i think it's going to be interesting to see how the managers protect because I think both managers Bob Melvin for the Padres as well they've obviously pared down the number of guys they want to use and if the Padres can get a good start and get you know Suarez Garcia and Hayter into the game then that's what they're going to try to do they're going to try to stick to that your thoughts on San Diego a lot was expected when the season began but that also was going to include Fernando Tatis Jr. which now of course it does not your thoughts on a team that won 89 and how they're playing now? Yeah, very similar to the Phillies. Um, you know, a team that has flaws, no doubt. A team that's had struggles, ups and downs, injuries. You know, you think, you know, the Phillies won the season series against the Padres, but they played one series without Manny Machado. Machado only played in three of the games uh, against the Phillies. Um, so, uh, you know, again, this is a team that is is hot. This is a team that is feeling uber confident, just like the Phillies. They just beat their arch rival and their biggest nemesis on the planet in the Dodgers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 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 is everything for this franchise. That's what they've talked about for years. That's why they went out and made trades for Musgrove and Darvish, and you know, uh, signed Machado and made the deal for Soto. It was all pointing to stopping the Dodgers. And um, you know, I, the the one thing I wonder is that will there be a little bit of a letdown for them? The fact that they've sort of conquered their demons so to speak um and if that was their main goal was to beat the dodgers do they let up you know do they have any kind of different mentality going into this series i don't know that i don't know them well enough to to speak to their personalities but um i think it's a team that's again super confident because they're feeling themselves right now just like the phillies are one final question if you don't mind because i know you've got the game coming up and that deals with the crowd in Philadelphia at Citizens Bank Park. What you know, the influence that they have on the game, and what do you think they have meant to elevate a performance of everybody around them because of the emotion? Yeah, I mean, I, it's those are things that are always hard to, pretty hard to quantify. I guess if I had to guess, I would say that it certainly amped guys up. Um, but you know, any player, whether it's um, that they're amped up because their crowd is behind them or that they're nervous because the crowd is against them, whatever the case <laughs> might be, the best right. players handle it because you can't, 
you can't necessarily play your best when you're worried about one way or the other. So in general terms, I think the teams that block it out usually do the best. But, um, you know, I think it was eye-opening for players. I I really do. And I think that was because none of them had ever seen it. Um, They had walked across the street and seen football games at the link and wondered when that was going to happen for them. And, um, you know, I, I, I think... I think it would be it would be foolish to think it didn't have some effect on the play of the Phillies. I don't think it intimidated the Atlanta Braves, but I have to believe it gave the Phillies a bit of a boost, just confidence-wise, adrenaline-wise, all those things, to see the ballpark like that for the first time ever. Well, if anybody wants to see somebody in a pregame mode at the highest level of his profession, I strongly recommend that everybody get a hold of Scott's open to the Houston to the night that they clinched with Aaron Nola on the mound and how he set up that ball game. It was as brilliant a moment that you're going to ask a broadcaster to have. So, Scott, thank you for your time. Great series, and hopefully you've got uh, a maximum of 14 more. That, that sounds great. I hope so. Great to talk <laughs> hey, to you, Steve. You too. Thanks, Scott. All right. Take care. Scott Fransky joining us in San Diego. We apologize to all the Yankee fans, and you know, because I'm sure both of you did not want to hear about the Phillies. But to the thousands of Phillies fans out there who have been sick about hearing Matt talk about the Yankees, it had to be refreshing. <laughs> I I work for the people. I do this for them. Let's hear let's hear from the great Scott Fransky, day of game one, from San Diego. That doesn't get any better than that. He's great. He is a great, great broadcaster. So, okay. Just terrific at what he does. Neil Coolong in the next half hour will talk about the um, miracle at Akature. Uh, oh, my almighty! <laughs> a, That's a good way to put it. I like it. Didn't uh, didn't see that coming. <laughs> it's okay. But we'll talk with him in the next half hour. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Elmo's Wharf. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Out of auto repair. There are a lot of people now, right now, though, that would want to see Drew. What would you say to those people that are that are calling for maybe a possible change at this point? Yeah, you know, I guess there's a, there's a lot of different things that that I would say is I think number one, um, that's the wrong message, that's the wrong signal, and 
Sean has earned the right to be on the field. Uh, that doesn't mean that Drew hasn't done some good things and what well, we'd love to get him an opportunity and continue to grow him and to continue to develop him for his future, no doubt about it. Another answer that made you mad. Oh, this one I'm 100% okay with. He's exactly right. Obviously, the Yankees are playing this afternoon, and you're just, you just don't know where you are. <laughs> <laughs> we are a few minutes from first pitch. Um, I mean, look. I always find these conversations interesting. And I always politely listen to everybody's. Would you say yesterday, I, in listening to me handle questions yesterday? I was definitely thinking that in my mind. No doubt about it. That I just, I, I, I let people talk, right? Right? Now, that doesn't mean, let's face it. I'm sitting in this chair and I'm fortunate enough, extremely fortunate, and I know it. Where I've got exponentially more information to operate with than than other people, right? Now, obviously, I can't say everything I know, right? But the young man is a very, very talented quarterback. And when he's had his opportunities in games, I like what I'm saying. No question. But we go back to what was the original theme in the first half hour. You don't panic. Okay? You don't panic. 